Thank you for checking out this sermon video here at Hope Church. We are so excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say, welcome to Hope Church. Do us a favor and text NEW TO HOPE to 94090. After you hit send, you'll get an immediate response from our team with a link to a short form for you to fill out so that we can get to know you better. The message you are about to watch is part of our current sermon series, Proverbs, Everlasting Wisdom for Everyday Life. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the sermon. Before I even jump into what I want to share with you today, I want to ping off of a line in that song that we just sang. It said, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Amen? That that line in that song, if you're here today or if you're watching online, that, that line in that song, really is the totality of the gospel. You see, it was our sin that separated us from God. All of us, doesn't matter who you are, all of us have sinned against God. We all, as we look back on our past, have broken God's laws. We've stepped across God's boundary. And because of our sin, we're separated from God. But here's the beauty of the gospel. There was nothing you and I could do to ever earn our way back into a right standing with God, but God chose in his sovereignty to do for us what we could not do on our own. God sent his son Jesus into the world, and Jesus took, get this, not some of your sin, not most of your sin, but all of your sin and all of my sin to the cross. And on the cross, he died for our sin. Oh, but here's the good news. He didn't stay dead. He rose again from the dead so that you and I could now, by grace, we could put our faith in him and be forgiven of our sin and be given a relationship with God. Listen, if you're here today or if you're watching online and you've already embraced the good news of Jesus by faith, in this moment, I want you to just, in your heart, give Him praise for your salvation. But listen, if you're here today and you've never embraced Jesus or you're watching online and you've never embraced Christ, as the only hope for your salvation, I want to challenge you right now. Before we even dig into the message tonight, listen, I haven't even started preaching yet. We're about to get there, all right? Before we even get there right now, I want to invite you, if you want to experience the forgiveness of God, if you want to know that if you were to die today, you can go to heaven and be with Him, if you want to know what they just sang is true, that no matter what happens, it is well with your soul right now just in your heart by faith just cry out to him and ask Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life and if you do that right now listen at the end I'm going to give you some information but let me go ahead and tell you you can right now you can take out your smartphone and you can just text the phrase Jesus follower 
to the number 94090. If you're watching online, you can text Jesus Follower to 94090, and we'll have somebody reach out to you and walk with you and talk with you about what it means to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Listen, there is no greater joy in the world than to know you are forgiven by God. Amen? That you are His child and that your eternity is secure. If you're excited about that, say amen. All right, now let's talk about what we came to talk about tonight. If you got your Bible, I want you to open it to the book of Proverbs. If you're not sure where that is by now, hopefully you've been reading with us, but it's kind of right in the middle of the Bible, the book of Proverbs. We're going to read several verses from the book of Proverbs tonight. But for almost three months now, by the end of this month, it'll be three months, we've been challenging you to daily read the book of Proverbs that corresponds, the chapter that corresponds to the day of the month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There are 30, 31 days in most months. We've been challenging you now for three months to build this spiritual discipline in your life. And that's what I pray has happened over these three months together, that you've built a new spiritual discipline into your life, that this wasn't just a series, but as we bring this to a close in the next couple of weekends, that from this point forward, you will continue to daily read God's Word in the book of Proverbs, other places as well, but specifically spending time in the book of Proverbs. For me personally, this is a spiritual discipline that's been in my life now for, all, for over 30 years. 30 years I've been daily, and I'm not saying I've done it perfectly, and I'm not saying I haven't taken a month off here or there, but for the dominant, for the dominant portion of my life for the last 30 years, daily I've been seeking God and his wisdom in the book of Proverbs, and I'm telling you it has been deeply transformational. So I pray for you. You've experienced that over these three months and will continue to pursue this discipline. If you've been reading along with us over the last week, this week there has been a dominant theme that has leapt out in almost every chapter of Proverbs that we've read this week. I want you to see it in several verses, and I'm going to read them for you in just a moment. And the, the topic that I want to address tonight is actually one of the most life-changing lessons that I've learned in my own journey in Proverbs over the last 30 years. So let's start. We're going to open in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, and I'm going to read several verses, and I want you to listen to see if you can hear this dominant theme in Proverbs. Starting in 11, chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Now, turn to the next chapter, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to, say it out loud, counsel. Now, turn to chapter 13, verse 10. Through insolence, now the word insolence, it's a Hebrew word that means presumption or overconfidence. It speaks to the idea of making decisions without having all of the right information. Through insolence comes nothing but strife, but wisdom is with those who receive, say it out loud, chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools 
will suffer harm. Then lastly, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. We could read others, but I'm going to stop with this one. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. In that little sampling of those five verses out of this week's reading, did you begin to hear it? Did you hear this principle of wisdom in Proverbs? Let me give it to you in a big idea that we're going to unpack tonight. Here it is. A wise way to live is to always seek godly counsel from others in my life when making decisions. Did you hear that? Did you hear it in Proverbs? Have you read it over and over and over again? This principle, this wisdom practice of seeking counsel from others when making decisions. All of us make decisions every single day. How many of you have had to make at least one decision today? Let me see your hand. You had to make a decision, right? Well, all of you, really, you had to make a decision to be here, right? All of us made decisions today. Some of us made many decisions today. Every day is filled with decisions. And here's the reality. Decisions that we make shape the lives we live. There's a famous saying. The actual author of this saying is unknown, but you can find it all over places. Let me, let me show you what it says. Today, I am what I am because of my yesterday's choices. And where I shall be tomorrow will be decided today. That's a famous saying that just communicates this reality that the decisions that we make shape the lives that we live. So Proverbs is here speaking to us about how to make wise decisions. All of us as followers of Jesus should desire to make wise decisions. And Proverbs is giving us some truth about that. Let me go back to one of those verses we just read. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. It contrasts the two uh, approaches to decision making. Look what it says. The way of a, say it out loud, of a what? A fool. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. I love the way a couple of other translations read that, write that, that first part. It said, fools think their own way is always right. The Bible says, Proverbs says, if you think you don't need input from others, if you think you always know what's right, if you think you always know the direction, the choice, the decision that you should make on your own, here's what Proverbs says about you. You are a fool. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man, a wise person is he or she who listens to counsel. I was reading that verse of Scripture in my daily Proverbs reading uh, years ago. And just in my time alone with the Lord, I was reading that particular proverb on that day of the month. And I wrote some stuff down in my journal. It was actually three statements that the Holy Spirit gripped my heart with in response to this verse of Scripture. And I want to give them to you as we begin. Here it is. Number one, my input is never 
enough. Here's the bottom line. I don't know everything, and neither do you. In a decision that we're facing, our input is never enough. Here's the second one. My perspective is always limited. I have a limited vantage point. It doesn't matter how much I may know about a particular situation. I can only see it from my perspective. I need to hear from somebody who sees that from a different vantage point, from a different perspective. I don't know everything. I can't see everything. And here's the third statement I wrote down. My flesh is always deceitful. Here's what that means. My flesh wants some stuff that God doesn't want for me. And so if I'm making the decisions always on my own, I don't know everything. I can't see everything. And sometimes my heart wants what God doesn't want. And apart from input from other people, I am capable of making the wrong decision. You see, the starting point in making wise decisions is realizing you and I are capable of making wrong decisions and having the humility in facing decisions to seek counsel from others. The reality is that you and I need God's guidance in our lives to make wise decisions. God guides us through our relationship with Him daily. We talked about this last weekend through His Word and by inviting Him into every moment of our lives, God speaks into our lives, but God also does this, as we're learning here in Proverbs, as He speaks into my life through other people. Can I be transparent today I mean just real transparent as I look back on my life most if not all of the unwise decisions that I've made in my life could have been avoided if I'd simply sought counsel from somebody else I bet if you Think about decisions that you've made, choices that you made without seeking input from others. I bet if you go back and see some of those that were wrong decisions, you could probably say the same thing I'd say. Man, if I just sought input, if I'd slowed down long enough to ask somebody for some godly counsel, it probably would have changed my decision. So if we're going to make wise decisions by seeking counsel from others, there are three musts that we have to have in our life. And I'm going to give them to you today. Here's the first one. My relationships must include people I trust to speak God's wisdom into my life. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? If we're going to seek counsel in making decisions, if we're going to allow other people to speak into our lives, then our relationships must include people that we trust to speak God's wisdom into our lives. So here's really the question that you need to think about. Who influences your life the most? Who are you choosing 
to relationally have influence in your life. Now, obviously, there are some circles that we're in. We don't get to make that choice, right? At work, you don't get to choose the people necessarily that are influencing you at work. At school, you don't necessarily get to choose. But all of us have choices to make when it come to, comes to relationships, friendships, doing life with other people that are speaking into our lives. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 says. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Both of these phrases, this this phrase walks with and this phrase companion, in the Hebrew language, both of them are very relational words. Here's why that's important. When you hear me talk about seeking counsel and making a decision, sometimes people hear that and they only think about that in a formal way. That means in every decision that I need to call the church office and make an appointment with one of the pastors or I need to call my small group leader and I need to get with my small group leader to get counsel on this decision. No, listen, I'm not saying there aren't some decisions in life that we need spiritual counsel from somebody that we consider a spiritual authority in our lives. But this wisdom principle is just about having godly friendships People in your life that you are walking with, that that phrase in Hebrew means people you're doing life with, people that you are living life with, that you've invited into your life relationally, that you and I can seek counsel from. When I first read some of these verses, I kind of had an aha moment. Here was the aha moment. The truth is that wise decision-making begins before the decision ever comes up. Let me give it to you in a reality statement. Look at this. The relational choices I make set the environment from which decisions will be made. If you and I are to seek input from the people that we've relationally invited into our lives, then before many of the major decisions come up, we've already set the environment from which we're going to make those decisions. Let me me try to make this real plain. Every parent, how many of you in the room are parents or grandparents? Let me see here. So a lot of parents and grandparents here today. Every parent and grandparent knows this to be true, right? So what do we do? We go to great lengths to make sure our children and our grandchildren, those teenage years, we're very careful about the relational choices that they allow in their life. Why? Because the relational environment that they do life in is going to be the environment from which they make decisions, and some of those decisions are going to radically alter their life. When you think about it in the context of a teenager, we all go, yep, that makes perfect sense. Here's the problem, mom and dad and grandmom and granddad. Proverbs doesn't just say this is real for teenagers. This is for you and me. It's for every child of God. The relational choices that we make establish the environment from which we make decisions, and we must guard our lives from the influence of what the Bible would call foolish people. We read it a moment ago, the companion of fools will suffer harm. The other part of that verse that we read out of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 said this. It said, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If those that we're doing life with are foolish, well, what's a fool? Well, the Bible tells us, Proverbs chapter 28, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. 
The fool is those who live with no concern for God and his perspective. The fool here in Proverbs is really the unbeliever, the non-Christian, the person that gives no regard to God, no regard to God's plan, God's design, God's words, God's purpose. Here's what the Bible's telling us. If you and I have established deep relationships of influence with people that don't know God, we've set a relational environment that's very dangerous for the decisions we're going to make. Say, wait a minute, Pastor, are you saying I shouldn't be friends with people that don't know God? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. We should be friends. We should seek every opportunity to build relationships with people that don't know God so that through us they can come to know God and meet the person of Jesus. But we should also be careful to guard those we're allowing to have influence in our lives. We need to make sure that we've built relationships with people who are godly so they can speak into our lives in moments of decision. Charles Stanley said it this way, you will become wise by associating with people who are wise or you will suffer the painful consequences of imprudent relationships. So let me ask you a question. You've heard me describe this. Who are these people in your life? Don't say it out loud, but in your heart right now, you ought to be rattling off two, three, four, five names of people that are your go-to. They're the people when, you, when, it's, when it's time to make a decision, when you need input, Here's the two, three, four, five people that walk with God, that have the heart of God, that love Jesus, that pray for me. These are the people that I'm going to when I need input. Listen, if you don't have those names right now in your heart, you're already behind the game when it comes to making decisions. The first step for you is to begin to build those relationships. This is one of the reasons why at Hope Church we place such emphasis on small groups. You know why we encourage you to be in a small group because it's a program of the church? Absolutely not. We encourage you to be in a small group because small groups are where we get to do life together. You know, you can come to church here. You can come to weekend services. You can be in a gathering like this and never build enough relational equity with anybody to allow them to be able to speak into your life in moments of decision. But small groups are designed to allow you to do life with some other people. You build the relational equity that's necessary so that in moments of decision, in moments of choice, you get to go to those people and allow them to speak into your lives. So the first point is we must have people in our lives that we can seek godly counsel from. Here's the second one. I must be willing to seek input from others in my life life. It's one thing to have the relationships in place. It's something else in moments of decision to be intentional about seeking their input. I must be willing to seek the input of others. There must be intentional discipline to not make decisions without seeking counsel. There's a statement that I say here at Hope Church with our staff team all the time. As a matter of fact, some of them are probably sick of hearing me say it, but I say it all the time. Here it is. You ready? Don't make decisions on an island. Here's the bottom line. 
we always make better decisions together. You see, when you make a decision on an island, when you make a decision without input from others, there's input that you didn't get. There's perspective that you don't have. Your heart may be lying to you about something that God doesn't want for you. Don't make a decision on an island. And I, I tell our team this. I say, listen, I'm the senior pastor at Hope Church, and yet I don't have a right to make decisions on an island. So if I don't have a right to make decisions on an island, nobody on our staff team has a right to make decisions on an island. We all need input. We all need counsel from other people. It happened in my life this week. This week there was a decision that we were needing to make. Actually, there's a couple of big decisions we were needing to make here at Hope Church this week. And we have a, a team here at Hope called our stewardship team. It's a representative team of people out of our fellowship that just provide counsel, insight, wisdom, and accountability to our pastors. And I went to our stewardship team and I sought their counsel on some decisions that we needed to make. And we couldn't really get clarity. So you know what we did we didn't make a decision we said we're going to wait 24 hours and we prayed for 24 hours until we could all hear God together and get clarity because I believe we make better wiser decisions together in seeking input from other people Warren Wiersbe said it this way listen to this in seeking counsel we must be sincere because a loving and wise friend can often see dangers and detours that are hidden from us. Last week, I, I taught you out of Jeremiah chapter 17, that verse of Scripture that says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The bottom line is our heart will lie to us. Sometimes my heart will tell me this is what I need, this is what I want, and my heart will even figure out spiritual ways to justify it's also what God wants for me. Don't look at me spiritual. Your heart will too, right? But here's what happens. When we let that godly friend end on that decision, and they look at us and say, I, I, I don't think that's what God has for you. They can often see dangers and detours that we can't see. You say, well, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we seek counsel from somebody else? Well, there are several reasons why, a lot of reasons. There are a lot of excuses and justifications we give. Let me list a few of them. The first reason we often don't want to seek somebody's counsel is we don't think we need it. It's arrogance. We think we know enough. We think we've been walking with God long enough to make this decision on our own. But look what Proverbs 16 says in verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. When we have an attitude of pride, what's pride? Pride's the opposite of humility. What did I say in the beginning? Humility is the starting point for making wise decisions because humility says I'm capable of making the wrong decision, so I need to get input from some people that love Jesus and love me so that I can be sure I'm making the right decision. Pride says I can do this on my own. I've, I've walked down this road long enough that I don't need anybody else's input. I, and, but, but the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Another reason we don't sometimes seek counsel is because we don't want it. It's a rebellious spirit because here's sometimes where we are. We know what they're going to say if we ask them. And we just soon not hear it. Let me show you what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1. He who separates himself. That phrase separates himself means to relationally isolate. 
He who separates himself seeks his own desire. Listen to this. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. When I, when I reject the counsel, when I don't seek the input of others because I just don't want to hear it, I know what they're going to say, I don't want to hear what they have to say, the Bible says I'm isolating, and in doing so, I'm fighting literally against the wisdom of God being spoken into my life. We just don't want it. Here's another reason sometimes we don't seek input is we don't think we have time. Impatience. And I understand there are sometimes that we have to make decisions in a moment. Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to go seek counsel. We just have to make a decision. But listen, that is true five, maybe 10% of the time. 90, 95% of the time, we can seek counsel if we choose to. And let me show you why it's important. Look what Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2 says. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps, errs. Proverbs says often quick decisions are wrong decisions. Now, sometimes we have to make a quick decision. But when we make quick decisions, when we don't have to, we're putting another obstacle in front of us to making wise decisions. So I must have relationships in my life that can speak into my life. Secondly, I must be intentional about seeking input from others. Here's the third must. I must be teachable and listen to input. It's one thing to have relationships in your life that can speak into your life. It's something else to be intentional about going to them to allow them to speak into your life. But it's altogether something else to listen to what they say. How many of you believe the Bible is true? Let me see your hand. That's what I thought. That's why you're here. We believe God's word is true. But I've learned that sometimes the Bible is in your face true. Amen? I mean, sometimes it's just in-your-face truth. I want to read you three in-your-face true verses out of Proverbs. Here's the first one. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. The word instruction is a word that speaks to verbal correction. Somebody speaking truth into your life. You are on the path to living a life as God intended it when you listen, when you heed the counsel of somebody else. But he who ignores reproof goes astray. The word astray means to wander off course. Here's what that means. When you and I listen to the counsel of godly people, it puts us on the path to living the life that God has for us. But when we ignore it, we wander off path from God's very best for us. Here's a second verse, verse Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. That's in your face true, right? But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Notice this. It doesn't say the wise man is he who seeks counsel. 
listens. The word listen in Hebrew is the, the, to, to hear with the implication of giving attention to what you've heard. It's to hear it and place yourself under it. I'm not only seeking counsel, I'm listening to what my brother or sister in Christ has spoken into my life. Here's the third one. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is, say it out loud. That's not a word you hear at church every day, right? (laughs) Stupid. Albert Barnes was a, a Hebrew theologian in the 17th century. In his commentary on this verse, here is how he translates the Hebrew word stupid. Dumb as an ox. Literally, that's what he says. In Hebrew, this means dumb as an ox. He who hates reproof, he who ignores, he who rejects when others, Christians, godly people are speaking. This word discipline is the same word we read a moment ago in Proverbs. That's the word instruction. It's verbal correction. It's somebody speaking godly wisdom. The Bible says when I hate godly wisdom being spoken into my life, I'm living in such a way that's dumb as an ox. It's stupid. So here's the question I want to close with. What's the big deal about seeking counsel to make wise decisions? Why does this matter so much? I mean, it's my life. It affects me. Why does this matter so much? Well, let me give you four impacts. And I'm going to go back to those verses that we started with out of Proverbs. Number one, people get hurt. People get hurt. Look what the proverb says. Where there's no guidance, the people, say this out loud, fall. That's a word that means to trip, stumble, and fall. It's the image of somebody being injured from a stumble. Here's what the Bible says. When I don't seek guidance from others, people get hurt. Sometimes the people that get hurt are you and me, right? We, we make a decision and it hurts us. But sometimes and oftentimes it hurts the people we love the most. We don't make a wise decision. People get hurt. Number two, relationships are broken. Look what Proverbs 13.10 says. Through insolence comes nothing but, say it out loud, Strife. It's a word for fighting and quarreling. Remember what I said insolence means? Insolence is presumption. It's overconfidence. It's making decisions without all the input. The Bible says, Proverbs says, when I do that, here's what comes out of it. Fighting, quarreling, relationships get broken. Number three, unintended consequences. Look at Proverbs 13, 20. The companion of fools will suffer harm. In the message paraphrase of the Bible, listen to the way they paraphrase that phrase. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. When you don't have a relational environment of godly people that you're doing life with speaking into your life, you're setting up yourself and those you love for unintended consequences, your life to fall apart. Here's the fourth one. Good intentions are wasted. Without consultation, look at Proverbs 15, plans are frustrated. What does that mean? You ever wanted to do something for someone to make things better and what you did only made things worse? 
without consultation, plans are frustrated. You see, Proverbs has taught us that sometimes there's a right thing to do, but there's also a right way to do it and a right time to do it. And it's through counsel sometimes that we get all that together in the right package so that we're doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. It's in seeking counsel and making those decisions that we guard ourselves against frustrating those plans. So here's some of the, this is just a few of the, the reasons why this is a big deal. If you and I are not making wise decisions, people are going to get hurt, relationships broken, consequences that we didn't intend, and sometimes our best of intentions are going to be wasted. This is just a sampling of the challenge that comes out of making unwise decisions. But I want you to hear the alternative. I want you to see these verses. Every one of these verses I just quoted, now we're going to put the whole verse up. Let's start with Proverbs eleven fourteen. Look what Proverbs eleven fourteen said. Where there's no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there's victory. You hear it? When I don't seek counsel, people get hurt. But when I seek counsel from others, God allows me to make a wise decision and there's victory. Look at the next one. Out of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, through insolence comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive counsel. Give me the next one. Proverbs Chapter 13 and verse 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And then lastly, out of Proverbs chapter 15, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. You see the balance of this? Proverbs says if we're going to make wise decisions, we must seek godly counsel from others in our life. So you got it. Number one. You must have people in your life that can speak into your life. Number two, you must be willing to seek their input. And number three, you must be teachable and listen to what they say. And here's what I promise you. If you'll put this practice into your life in moments of decision, to not try to make that decision on an island, but to seek counsel from other believers that you're doing life with. Here's what I promise you based on the Word of God. You will make better and wiser decisions and discover more of God's very best for your 